May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Today we prayed a collect for the second Sunday of Eastertide and a collect prayer for Anzac Day. Anzac Day always occurs within Eastertide. Easter is never so late that Anzac Day happens first. And Easter is never so early that Anzac Day falls outside of the great 50 days. So I've been thinking, what does the resurrection, the great 50 days of Easter time, have to say to Anzac Day? And what does today's Gospel in particular have to say to Anzac Day? and to that nature of humankind which tends to lead us into war. The short answer is, resurrection speaks into this tendency to war, the command to love, the command to live life in relationship. So here's the long version of the answer. There are three pieces to today's Gospel, and, and there's a sense in which I could follow any one of them. The first is John's version of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Unlike Luke's version, which has 50 days after the resurrection, the disciples gathered in that locked room again, and onto them coming in wind and tongues of fire and many languages, the dramatic descent of the Holy Spirit. John's version is much gentler, and yet perhaps much more intimate. It's on the same day as the resurrection, and Jesus comes, even though the doors are locked, into this intimate space. And he breathes on his disciples. He says twice, peace, peace be upon you. And says then, just as God has sent me, I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus sends his friends to bring the same kind of message that he has been bringing to them. He sends them as ambassadors of his life. Not just to do good things, but to take with them the message of relationship. To take with them the capacity to share that relationship so powerfully that the people that they share it with will also be able to share that relationship with others and be a ripple of relationship that moves out and out and out. The second piece of today's Gospel is well, the story of Thomas. He's not there on the day of resurrection when Jesus comes through those locked doors. And so when his friends tell him that Jesus has appeared to them, he doesn't believe them. Well, would you? He's a bit of a pragmatist. He needs to see and touch and experience with his senses to believe. And yet, is that really a, a true 
representation of Thomas. This is the same Thomas who said earlier in John's Gospel to the disciples, let's go with Jesus and die with him. Paul Erstreicher gave me last week a little book of poems written by a friend of his in England. And one of those poems is about Thomas. And in this poem, Thomas says to his friends, if you really believed it, why was the door locked? So here we have Thomas, who is kind of a type. I wonder how it was for Thomas to be cast in this role of kind of the one who hadn't got it yet when everybody else had. And through Thomas, we discover that it is possible to have faith without seeing and touching and smelling and tasting. Because John then goes on in his story to say, through Jesus' mouth, blessed are those who do not see and yet believe. This gift of encouragement and faith. And we know that it did finally, the penny did drop for Thomas. I wonder whether his inability to believe was because he was still angry with Jesus. Angry with him for leaving them. Grief stricken that this person who had been so significant to, to Thomas that he was willing to die with him had somehow gone. He'd forgotten how important that relationship had been, how deeply Jesus had shown that he loved him. He had forgotten that Jesus would never leave him. And so when Jesus appears in front of him and invites him to place his fingers in the wounds, he doesn't need to. John doesn't say that Thomas placed his fingers in the wounds. He simply says Jesus invites him to. What does Thomas do? He says, my Lord and my God. That's right. That's what this is about. And then he does indeed, according to tradition, go. Just as the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus sends Thomas, and Thomas goes all the way to the east. And we have some people who are part of our congregation whose whakapapa goes back to the Matoma church that we believe Thomas and his friends founded in India and other places in the east. Jesus sent his friends. And then the third piece of today's gospel, the purpose of John's book, he says that the main reason for recording all of these stories, and there are many more which haven't been recorded, is that you might have life. And that you might share that life with others. This is what John's book is all about. The message before the resurrection and the message after the resurrection is about this life. The only thing that the resurrection does to change that message is that now that there are new bearers of the message. That spirit which was given without measure to Jesus in chapter 3 of John's Gospel now operates without measure within the disciples who are sent. They are the ones who go, powered by the spirit, to make Jesus' presence real to others.
And so in the sending that comes from the story that we've read and heard today is the premise for our life as disciples of Christ. It sets the agenda by directing us to what Jesus did himself and in sending those friends on that first Easter day. For discipleship is not just about living a good life. It's about enabling others to have that life too. And in order for us to do that, we need to do two things. The first is to live that life with integrity, to pay daily attention to our relationship with God, and to pay daily attention to what the implications of that relationship are in the way we live our life. But that's not the only piece. Because this love of God is not just for us and where we are. We also need to learn how to share that life in such a way that others will also be able to share that life. And that the people they share that life with will be enabled to share that life. And sometimes I think we forget about that piece. We seek to change unjust structures, but do we help others to be able to change unjust structures? We seek to feed those who are hungry, but do we enable others to feed those who are hungry? We seek to live from a place of integrity and deep relationship with God. We seek for that relationship to influence the way we are in our relationships with others. But do we enable those others to do that with yet others? Our role as followers of Christ is to offer light and life and truth through our relationship with God. As Jesus was God's representative, so his disciples are to be God's representatives. And John depicts that in the intimacy of Jesus breathing the Spirit on them. Tihei Modior. And then sending them to give forgiveness and life wherever they are. Giving them the authority to offer that relationship, to offer that forgiving life. And warning them that if they fail to do it, people will not experience it. When you forgive, people will be forgiven. If you hold back that forgiveness, my life is not shared. So that brings me back to Anzac Day. We are given the authority of the author of life. But we are given that authority not for our own sake. We are given that authority in order to bring forgiveness, reconciliation, life. And so as we approach Anzac Day and we consider all of the wars that this Anzac Day reminds us of, we come to this day with a sense of lament. Lament that we have used the authority that God has given us as humankind rather than to give life. We have used it to bring death. 
to bring me to end relationships instead of breathing life into relationships and building them. We come with penitence in our hearts for the many times that we ourselves have failed to offer life but instead have brought an end to relationship through our actions, through our attitudes, through our words. And we renew our commitment to seeking to bring life, to bring forgiveness, to work for reconciliation. On Anzac Day, we also remember those people who, like Thomas, were ready to die for what they saw as being right and true and good. And we give thanks for that kind of commitment, that kind of sacrifice. And at the same time, we hold this longing that in future that kind of sacrifice will not require that kind of death. And even in a world today where there are many wars raging, not just the one in Ukraine, we commit ourselves anew to seeking to find ways to multiply the kind of love and pouring out of the spirit of peace that Jesus brought on that first Easter day. And every time we are tempted to seek our own power, to seek our own good at the expense of someone else's. We pray that the Spirit will breathe in us and remind us yet again to turn to reconciliation, forgiveness, peace, life. So as we move through this day, onwards through the great 50 days of Eastertide and Seek to be resurrection people as we move through tomorrow, Anzac Day, when we will remember. Let us also recommit ourselves to being people of peace, to be being people of reconciliation, to be being people who ground ourselves in the relationship that we have with God so that we enable that life and reconciliation for others, in order that we may, may also enable them to also be bringers of peace. Amen.